hey, please go to the end of the podcast for a listener warning statement, but don't play backwards or else you might summon a demon. You are listening to the Insubordinate Teacher Podcast with me, Stone, and David, a real teacher, and Christine, who's a real teacher as well. And if you don't think Dave is real, touch him. You'll see. He's real. He's a real teacher. But don't touch Christine to check if she's real. If you touch her, she'll punch you. Anyway... On this podcast, we're going to be doing Dave's Hot Takes, and oh, they're hot takes. Really, really hot takes. So when you listen to this podcast, just prepare yourself. It's going to blow your mind. Or it won't. Who knows? Anyway, get ready to listen, and thanks to the rude boys of Shiraz for this awesome intro song. Let's go. Okay, you can you can go. All right. Uh, well, don't talk over me if we're starting. <laughs> All right. So just be quiet. Let me let me start. Okay. So let's assume that you know we just had an amazing segue as like you know one of our first recordings that we're doing, and uh, it was very clever. All right. So there was a clever segue, and uh, yeah, Christine's already laughing about it. Dave's got a smile on his face, but you you know you can't hear that. So this segment of our podcast is called Dave's Hot Takes. And uh, David, you know, clearly at this point of the podcast, uh, you've already introduced yourself, but probably what people don't know about you yet is that you've got some pretty, um, I would say strong, um, sometimes uh, overly opinionated opinions. That's redundant, but that's fine. But that that pretty much (laughs) describes who you are in your circle of friends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, People just can't shut me up. Exactly. Right. And so when we talked about doing this podcast called the insubordinate teacher podcast, what was your response when I said to you, Hey, do you want to join Christine and I on this podcast? Christina. Um, 50% excitement and 50% terror, I would say. (laughs) That's not true. It was 30% excitement. My math. (laughs) And it was like 70% everyone's got to listen to my hot takes, <laughs> right? And, and, yeah, I, I like, and, I, and I said, what is a hot take? And you said something like, it's a youthful Youths. term that youth say. Did you say youth? And so Dave, can you, can you just tell me, because this is your segment, what is a hot take? You're hot. Well, I mean, your definition is pretty perfect. The youthful term that youth say. Yeah, uh, we like to call ourselves youth very often yeah. um hot take is hot. just uh, an opinion that's like it's out there people aren't ready for it and they might get burnt okay so and what you did say to me too when we were discussing this is you said listen i don't want to be prepped i don't want to be fake i'm not a faker i'm no poser you use the term <laughs> poser you know i'm no poser i i don't i don't want you to prep me in any way whatsoever I want you to just give me something and I'm going to have a hot, fresh take on it. I think you used hot, fresh take, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was heavily influenced by those subway commercials. So fresh is always (laughs) in there. There you go. Okay. So let's, let's start by your uh, theme so we can all listen to it. This is the theme that you brought to us that you wanted to be played for your segment. So uh, let's, uh, let's start there. And, uh, uh, what, do, what do we decide that we're going to call uh, Cyrus? Uh, he's our engineer. The conductor. So we're we're going to yeah. yeah, we're going to call him the conductor. Okay, conductor, go. Now we'll get to that song at some point. We'll, you know, we'll discuss why you brought that song 
uh, to the podcast and you know we want to hear about the origin story and everything behind there 100%. so i'm just i've got something organized here obviously i did my homework uh 98 of it was through wikipedia uh, and yeah. that's important that you always as a good teacher you're sourcing uh you know what what uh where you got your information from, but I donate to Wikipedia, so it's okay that, uh, that I'm taking Absolutely. It. So this first segment, David, and every segment's gonna have a different name. Uh, this segment is called Ziggy's Pet Goat. Are okay. you ready? Yes. Okay. David, Dr. Siegfried Engelman, or Zig, or Ziggy, as he was known to his friends and his enemies, was born on November 26, 1931. And this fine gentleman died, Professor Emeritus, on February 15th, 2019. Are you with me so far? You know where this is going, don't you? I don't. I'm sorry. Yes, you, you, you do. Okay. So Ziggy, <laughs> Ziggy was born in the state of Illinois. And understandably, he was born there and he studied there at University of Illinois, mm-hmm. okay, where he ended up working after doing quite a few jobs in many different fields. So when I say working different fields, you know what that means? Mm-hmm. What yes. does that mean, David? What does it mean? It's a, a jack of all trades. It's a well-rounded individual. Oh, shit. I thought it meant like cornfields and wheat fields and stuff like that. But yeah. Oh, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, okay. I, that's what I thought it meant. But yeah, what you're saying makes way more sense. Okay. So you get it. It's uh, but you know, basically he's, I like that jack of all trades. I literally thought it was cornfields and wheat fields. All right. So David, you've been to University of Illinois. And I'm sure that you're familiar with Chief Illiniwick, or the Chief, who was the symbol and mascot of the University of Illinois. And needless to say, this caused quite a bit of controversy. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. I do. You do remember that. What do you you remember about that? Um, I remember the logo stamped all over uh, the sportsplex. All right. So, Dave, how many yeah. times have you been to the University of Illinois? One of the big ten. There. Is it? Oh, okay. I think, it's one of the, uh, I think it's one of the big ten, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of Ivy, so I didn't think so. No. That's, that's the qualifier, the I, right? That's the Ivy League. Yeah. It, that's No, a, no. A the Ivy League is not big ten. Ivy League is okay. oh, this is so okay. embarrassing okay. already. Uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> we, we have to get through this. Ivy League <laughs> are the private universities, right? Oh, okay. And the state universities are the public one big 10 state universities right gotcha I, I just looked it up and it seems like it is part of the big 10 yeah there you uh, go universities uh david okay david you've been <sighs> there how many how, how many times how many times have you been there i've been there twice twice okay so twice. david keeping all of this in mind mm-hmm. can you recommend a good place to get a beverage at university of illinois Ooh. <laughs> I didn't know that uh, I was going to be put on the spot like this. I know I had no idea, and I asked to be put on the spot. But... Oh, we're not we're not at the yeah. hot takes yet, David. I just want to uh, know if you can. You've been there twice. You're a young yeah. person. Can you recommend yeah. a good place to get a drink? No, I cannot, Christopher. Twice you've been there twice, and you can't. I've been there twice, and you can't recommend a good place to get a a soda, a coffee. Oh. Um, I assume that there's, um, you know, the only place I remember from that whole, the whole town is a little place called Chipotle. And, you know, I, I'm going to guess that you could get a coffee there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could, but it was hard, uh, that whole experience with you screaming at the, in the back seat, demanding that we go to that restaurant. I can't even remember what happened there. All right, let's, let's move on. Okay. So Ziggy became very interested in how children learn. And like many great thinkers, started to do experiments and observe his own children's learning. David, can you think of anyone else who did that, who, when they had an idea, you know, one of these great thinkers, they started Mm -hmm. off by, you know, observing and doing experiments with their own children. I can't remember the name, but there was an experiment uh, of um, assigning superiority and inferiority to a teacher's own students based on something that was not, uh, that was arbitrary, some arbitrary fact, and had people step forward, step back, and then um, 
kind of made one group into winners and the other group into losers and so remember remembering what i asked you remembering what i asked you um uh cyrus can you hit the uh, hit the buzzer for him you're not even paying any attention dave this is your hot take how many how many how many children are there in your family uh i'm one of four you're one of four took you a long time to think about that (laughs) so how many uh how many brothers i have two brothers and one sister one sister and you're like the second i'm the family right all right so thinking of the question that I asked you, I said, can you think of any other great thinkers that experimented on their own children? Are you leading us to believe that your mom had the four of you in some kind of order and declared some of you arbitrarily winners and looter- losers and made you like step forward <laughs> and step backwards? Is that what you're saying to me? In a way, yeah. There was, uh, <laughs> I suppose, a bit more subtlety to it, but yeah, we definitely. So, who did who we did knew the, our place? <laughs> who uh, who came in first most of the time, according to your mom? Yeah. According to my mom, yeah, came in. Well, uh, it's hard because I wouldn't say that I came in first, but I would say I definitely was the winner. Okay, all right. Who came in last? Um, the middle brother, Evan. He blinded me with that. <laughs> oh, him. I feel um, for him. So uh, according to Dave, uh, this is an experiment you could do with your children. Um, you know, winner, the winner and loser game. Christine, you have uh, one daughter, Miriam, right? Yep. Did you make her play this game with you? No. No? Where you no. just had her come to the front and then go back to the end of the line? go to the No, front, she was the always she was always center stage. She was the only kid. Yeah, well, you had no choice. There was just one yep. kid. All right, so Dave, yeah. you have a you have a newborn daughter. Yes. Have you conducted any experiments on her? <laughs> no. <laughs> have you been uh, Have you been Have you been thinking about conducting any experiments on her? <laughs> Can you define experiments? No, this is your hot take, but this is not the okay. hot take. Okay. I mean. I've been trying to see if she would say dada before mama. And this so, this this qualifies is you that an right? experiment? Yes, is that this, qualifies. This, how does how is that an experiment? Uh, sorry, uh, well, um, if we I, both if we both repeat, we both repeat the sound. No, no, you're 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 you're, you're really showing us that you're an ELA specialist at best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, can I make a suggestion. Yeah, can, can you tell us? You know. Uh, <laughs> Cyrus, can you tell us, sorry, conductor, can you tell us what what qualifies an experiment? Well, it needs to be able to be repeatable. Yeah. Correct? You'd be able to have to repeat the process. So I'd say maybe some kind of Pavlovian experiment you could, there you you go. could do. Like there Skinner. You go. Okay. Yeah. Skinner. So, I didn't, yeah. so I need to start giving her treats as I say my name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could do that. I'm yeah, if, if if that was the case, like every time you came home and you said hello to your dad, would you think, oh, this was an experiment? Fair, fair point. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And Dave. when she says "mama," you can pinch her little toes, so she <laughs> won't say "mama" anymore. There you go. Okay, <laughs> just do that. All right, just lots of that. good ideas. Like just I'm, do that. So you know, I'm learning uh, parenting. Do, so, do you have a plan now? I will have a plan. Okay, so like, would the toe pinching make you a great thinker in any kind of way? Make me a great thinker? Yeah, like like Ziggy. Ziggy experimented on his children. Ergo, uh, great thinker, Professor Emeritus. Yeah, okay. Does it make you a great thinker? Pinching your daughter's toes whenever she calls for her mother. Yes. I'm going to... Okay, Moving on. So Ziggy had a stellar career, David, in the Department Mm -hmm. of Education at University of Oregon after he left uh, University of Illinois, which he worked there for a little bit of time. And I think you know where I'm going with this, David. He worked tirelessly. What? (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) Is that Oregon's a big 10? No. Can you buzzer him out again? Can you buzzer him out? <laughs> I love don't, it. Don't interrupt me, David. Last time you <laughs> interrupted me, you claimed your mom was doing experiments 
with you okay. and your siblings. All right, All take right. a minute, take a breath, take a breath, <laughs> pay attention. All right, this was your idea. Okay, I'll I'll yeah. say it again. <laughs> Ziggy had a stellar career in the Department of Education at University of Oregon, and he worked tirelessly as an innovator and an advocate for something called direct instruction. And this was a method of teaching and learning uh, of, of like uh, curriculum where a lot of the curriculum was already pre-designed. And it yeah. was, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, David? Well, it was, the idea is we are going to give you the knowledge, you are going to receive the knowledge. and then No, that is act. not, that is not direct okay. instruction. Can you please buzzer him again? No. Direct <laughs> instruction is probably like something that we would all be familiar with because it's pre-established curriculum that's scripted. So something like success for all would be direct instruction. And you as an ELA uh, expert are very well aware of that, right? Success for All, do you remember that? Are you a member with the Success for All program? I do not. Do you have any experience at all as a student? Well, obviously not if you don't remember it. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember the Success for All. Success uh, for All, you don't yeah. remember it at all? You've never I, seen I it don't. in practice? Christine, do you remember Success for All? Yeah. Okay, what is, uh, what is direct instruction? Do you, can you... Share with us what that would be. Do you remember? Do you remember it at all? Success for all program. Well, it was no differentiation. It was standardized, you know, curriculum, and everyone was automatically, magically able to follow it. Success yeah, so, for all. Yeah. So it was scripted, and the teacher would take a book, and the teacher would yeah. stand up in front of the kids in grade two, and it would, you know, it would be repetitious. So that if they wanted to learn like the b sound. It would be the b -b baby has a b -b -b ball. The b -b baby has a b -b -b ball. And then all the kids would go, the baby has a b -b -b ball. But more of them, more of them. So you do it with me, Dave. So there's a lot of voices. The baby, baby has a baby has a ball. Right, like that. Exactly. So you're you're getting yes. it, okay? So moving on, in the summer of 1964, professors. Breiter and Engelman opened up a program for the culturally disadvantaged preschoolers through a grant, and this is back when they were at University of Illinois, which became known as the Berettier-Engelman Preschool. Now, I think I said Berettier's name two different ways, so let's not pay attention to him. Let's just pay attention to Engelman, okay? So through this grant and through this preschool for culturally disadvantaged uh, preschoolers, and I've done my little uh, air quotes, right, when I say culturally disadvantaged, mm -hmm. all through this, Engelman became really known as being the head honcho, the numero uno, the big bawana, the Mr. Big Man on campus, and all the frat houses all around the world as the producer of scripted curriculum for teachers. Dave, I want you to soak that okay. in for a second. Okay. okay. You got that? Now, I just want to get your thoughts here. This is not the hot take yet. Did you feel I was culturally appropriating anything when I said Mr. Big Man on campus? Mm. Were you uncomfortable with me saying Mr. Big Man on campus? No. Big Bawana, perhaps. Why? <laughs> Well, if you're talking cultural appropriation, big man yeah, but, on campus. But I've never been called a big man on campus. I've been called Bawana in Malawi many times. Okay. But you're not referring to yourself. No, but I'm allowed using the term Bawana. I mean, I've been called Bawana, ergo, I'm allowed using the term. I've never been called big man on campus. But what what culture is big man on campus exactly? American. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it out loud, Cyrus. So I don't want to get in trouble. That's fair. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> a, it's a, it's a group. It's a group right now that has been uh, heavily, heavily targeted in the liberal media. Um, hmm. They are victims right now, and right now they're making a very, very brave stand uh, wow. with their Confederate flags in Ottawa. Hmm. And I don't. Hmm. They, they've been put down for too long. And I don't want to get dragged into this. This is about Dave's hot takes, right? It's not yeah. about my hot takes. Okay, so we're going to move on. All right, David, are you ready to move okay. on? 
Okay. Yes. What can yes, you tell yes, me yes, about yes. about uh, about Ziggy so far? Like really quickly, because you're taking up a lot of time. Uh, he was a great thinker. He was a great thinker about and, what? Uh, direct instruction, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> most of his data came from his own children. Yeah, Tars, you have an applause button for, uh, for him. That was that was really good. I, I'm good at being succinct. I'll tell you that. David, we got to move on. You're soaking up all yes. the time here. Moving yeah. on, David. Okay. U.S. President George W. Bush yes. went to Emma E. Booker Elementary School to demonstrate his commitment to the No Child Left Behind Education Act. And in this moment, when he went to an elementary school in a grade two classroom, he read one of Ziggy's books that was accompanied by a scripted curriculum. And the book he read was titled The Pet Goat. And it was a lesson about mastering the silent E. And it was from Reading Mastery, Rainbow Edition, Level 2, Storybook mm -hmm. 1. Are you with me so far in the story? Yes. Now, I said George W. Bush. You know which one that yes. one is, eh? It's the yes. son. It's not the father. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the father, one. the father did not give a flying fuck leap about <laughs> <laughs> about children's. He was he was like all for leave children behind. Mm. In fact, it was famous. Whenever they would go for walks, he would leave all of his children behind. He would just run ahead yeah. and just leave them all with Barbara. Okay, <laughs> but not George. Yeah. George was leave no child behind or no no child. child. No left-handed children yeah. can touch a behind. Something like that. It was anyway. Every child, think I'm some kind of every child must left. silent e. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, David. Yes. With the media present and the cameras rolling, President <laughs> Bush was forever captured reading Ziggy's book, book, The Pet Goat, second graders, on the morning of September 11th, mm. 2001. Mm -hmm. David. David. For yes. your hot take, okay. do you think Ziggy was at home watching the horrors of 9-11 and thinking, this is terrible. It's terrible. It's an unfortunate tragedy of our lifetime. And I'm never going to forget this. This is, this is one of the worst things. Jeez, I wonder if this is going to help the sales of my book at all. <laughs> David, I want your hot take on this. Okay. Um, I think... Uh... I think this was a man that uh, knew how to market himself. He became the father of a of a of an educational theory. David, are you Maris. like listen, listen? He's dead. He's dead. Okay. Okay. He's dead. Okay. Ziggy's yes. dead. Are you saying that he orchestrated 9/11 for book sales? <laughs> now I'm not saying this, David, but are you suggesting <laughs> that the Zigmeister? To really push the sales of my yeah. pet goat, orchestrated yeah. 9-11. I, mean, I don't want to say orchestrated. It's uh, it's a uh, it's it very convenient. It, it helped along helped them along in a learning time. Yeah. Did he direct instruct Osama bin Laden? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying, David? Listen, I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but yes, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so can you just like, can you wrap up that hot take of, of what you're saying, remembering yeah. that, you know, you are hoping for tenure at some point <laughs> and you don't okay. want to be, you don't want to be a disgraced professor like me, right? You want to be like, you know, yeah. you want to be employed. So. Well, I'm going to repeat the question again. Do you think he was wondering that the publicity would do really good for book sales? Let's put your conspiracy theorist mind aside for a second, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Right. I'm. Okay. I'm but I, I agree with you, by the way. I. I. I, 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 I was thinking that the entire time. No one. No one. No one, right, wants, no one wants to buy. No one wants to buy that terrible book. You gotta, you gotta promote now, it somehow. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, ultimately, the, que the real question we should be asking is, did those kids learn the silent E? <laughs> if they did, <laughs> case closed. That's a, that's a, Cyrus, yeah, hit it, man. Yeah. That's a, that is a hot take. That is a, that's a harsh lesson though, right? That's like. I mean, not all lessons are easy. You're right. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even know what a silent D is. <laughs> oh my God. What is it? What's a silent D? What does that even mean? <laughs> what, is what, the, what is it? Is, is it David Murray? David Murray? Like, like is that like how, what, what is it? You know how mean? occasionally you'll call me Dave? Yeah. That's a silent E. So ID. That part? Yes. That's that yes. is like a hard D. Yes. E or D? Yes. It's both. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. I, Wait, do you think the opposite of silent is hard? I don't know. I guess it would be loud. Yeah. What's a loud? What's a loudie? Yeah. If his name was Davey, then that'd be a loudie. Maybe. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Yeah. The opposite of yeah. silent isn't hard. I mean, I'm I'm not at a <laughs> I'm not. I'm not an ELA you're specialist, so I here. have no idea. To be honest, that's kind of out of my field. You're the. You're the. You're the science. You're the scientist. So, Christine, is that like a Christine. silent, or is that a is that a hard yeah. E at the end of that? Yeah, the, it's a silent E at the end. We don't say Christine. Christine. Eh. That would be a hard Christine. E. That would be a hard E then, right? No, uh, it's a, a silent <laughs> E. Yeah. Conductor, do you have? Do you happen to have both sounds on your soundboard? I I, I don't have that really loaded up, but. Right but next time RD and the silent E. I mean, the silent, the silent. Oh, we didn't, yeah. we, I honestly, I'm going to be, you know, we have to wrap this up for the rest of the podcast, but I really didn't think you would. I totally thought you were going to take it into a conspiracy angle because that's <laughs> you, right? Uh, no such thing as uh, COVID. Uh, oh. JFK is living with Bigfoot. Uh, what are some of the other ones that you're always talking about? Um, <laughs> what a, give well, me another those one. Those that know, they know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the the lizard people, uh, I don't know, is, is are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that shit's true. The moment is true. So oh, I, bad I, word, I, bad word, Cyrus uh, conductor. No, no, that's fine. Mole. Um, <laughs> so, hey, you did it for me. Got to do it for him. No, David, I knew you were gonna take it the conspiracy angle. I did not yeah. think you were gonna take it as like a hard. E lesson, lesson for the kids. I mean, I, as you say, I'm a, I'm a yeah. ELA specialist. Just that is that is a times. hard ELA. That was yeah. a hot take. Hot. Uh, Cyrus, uh, take it out with an applause and on to the rest of the podcast. I guess we have to wake up. It's time for more of the insubordinate teacher. So this is uh, the corrections corner right now. Um, we had that little segue. And during that time, we three of us and the half person had an opportunity to sit around, uh, do some research about Dave's hot takes. And uh, now we're going to be making some corrections. Um, I've written down a bunch of things. Uh, so uh, what would inspire me right now? Uh, Cyrus, is if you could play a little bit of music that goes along with the corrections corner, please. Inspirational music. Got it. Thank you. Okay. First of all, starting with the idea of a silent E and a hard E, I checked it. It's absolutely a fact. It is called a silent and hard E. Uh, Christine and Dave were wrong. Um, I asked... Well Bully for you. Yeah, thank you. I asked uh, my one friend in Malawi if I was the Bawana, and he agreed. He said, yes, I am the Bawana on campus. So, Dave, once again, you're culturally insensitive. Dr. Stonebanks, I am the Bawana. Um, at one point, <laughs> I said the word uh, world uh, as opposed to saying world. I'd like to apologize to the world. I did not mean to say world in some kind of an inclusive way. I meant to just say world. It's the world. It's not the we world, okay? That was just too culturally uh, sensitive of me and inclusive of me. Um, let's see. Uh, 
check this part out too. No one called Zig Ziggy or the Zigmeister or any other form of uh, Zig. Um, we are not sure, and I misspoke about his enemies. I mean, he may have had enemies, but I don't know who they are, so I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, Dave's mom texted me during the break, and um, she said, "Yeah, she did." Well, we're on a texty buddy, uh, texty buddy uh, uh, level. Uh, I, I like to refer to your mom's and my relationship as texty. Yeah, it's just Whoa. so it's just this so close really... to other words. Okay, and okay. she said she said that oh. Dave is a hundred percent telling the truth. Uh, about the experiments uh, that she used to conduct with the four children, but he's oh totally goodness. wrong about the order. Um, finally, wait, wait, wait. what was the order? Uh, I'll, uh, that's between your mom and I, okay? Sometimes oh. you don't need to know <laughs> what your mom and I talk about. Um, David calling me Christopher was super weird. No one liked it. So uh, we're going to ask Dave to correct that from now on. What happened again? And you either have to call me sir or doctor or something like that. I, I didn't like that. Um, that. Yeah, that was super, super awkward. Um, let's see. Also, um, Ziggy was kind of baffled by all the attention his book received. Uh, that part is 100% true. Thought it was really, really weird. And then finally, the last thing is that for hot takes, Dave really needed to correct the enthusiasm level um, of what he was <laughs> saying. And we're going to take this moment now. Uh, Cyrus, if you could stop playing the piano for a second. Okay. Thank you. Um, David, I'd, I'd like you to, to just say some of the things you said during Dave's hot takes but I want you to say them with a little bit of enthusiasm. Um, let's start with just the word, it's a conspiracy. Oh, those are words. No, so it's a conspiracy, okay? Uh, you can say it is a conspiracy if you want to be more formal or just it's a conspiracy. But with the enthusiasm of saying that it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> try it again. <laughs> let's yeah, try. Put some passion in there, let's Dave. Try, try it again, but like, it's a good day. It's a conspiracy. It's it's a, it's a conspiracy. Well, that's just you imitating me. Okay, we we need. To, I know you. You need, led me in the right direction. Oh, okay, we need. It's a conspiracy. That, that was perfect. See, now I believe you. I mean, I believed you all along, but now I believe you even more. All right. So now that we have the corrections corner uh, done with, and that there's you know no one's going to be angry about anything that we said. Now we get to the discussion part of the podcast, and so uh, what we brought up was direct instruction. And so now is an opportunity for the three of us uh, to have a conversation about uh, the idea of not just uh, direct instruction, but also something that is always a part of the conversations we have about education, which is a prepackaged curriculum, like Christine was talking about. So uh, let's just take a moment to uh, talk about that, uh, the idea of, well, not the idea, it's the reality of prepackaged curriculum. And, uh, and what that means to teaching, the teaching experience, and the learning experience. So I'll uh, ask you, what are your thoughts? Prepackaged. Well, boring? Yeah. Mind-numbing? Yeah. Presumes one size fits all. It does. This sounds like we're actually in a class in university. <laughs> I'm doing... I'm feeling like I'm right back there. Yeah, do you? Well, listen, what, what do you, you know, I just want to know what your thoughts are on this. It's, uh, no, it's disgusting. It's something that comes, it, go on, Christine. Yeah, it's just, a, it's the same old, the same old rigmarole every day, day in and out, day in and week and all that. So, um, how is the kid supposed to learn? Well, That's I mean, my question. Zig's idea was that the kids do learn more effectively this way. Well, Zig is wrong. Okay. It's still really super popular. It's, I know it's incredible that when, but have the, you talked to young folks today? Oh, well, I, have you? I, no, I remember the canned curriculum. What do we had? Mm -hmm. we, we had, uh, what was it called? Uh, it's going to come to my mind any moment. Uh, It didn't come to my mind. I hope that pause stays. <laughs> it was this amazing reader that we had. We would sit at our desks and then you would get a prepackaged uh, story 
you'd have to answer uh, the questions, you know, which were multiple choice questions to check your reading comprehension. And then you weren't allowed going to the next color um, until you completed uh, a series of leveled tests. readings. Yeah. yeah. I well, we had like, it was a real, it was a canned package and uh, I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to remember it. And then I'm going to, use this moment right now to put in what it was actually called an oh yeah i remember it was called sra and we'll take so you're gonna we're gonna edit that part in uh <laughs> you, you're gonna use the way back machine yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna remember what it was uh oh it was i think it was called sra standard reading assessment oh maybe the sra program i think that's what it was called and it was embarrassing. It was horrible, you know, because you had to go to the front of the, uh, the, the classroom. And, you know, if you were holding on to your like, you know, little yellow booklet, everyone knew that you were reading the yellow booklet. But oh, of course, oh, but the yeah. stories were just so I mean, they were so boring, so mundane. Yeah. It seemed like mm -hmm. everybody in North America lived on a friggin farm. Yeah, exactly. or they were visiting their grandparents on a farm. Yes, it was yes. everyone had grandparents. <laughs> it was always That's the same. what I'm saying. It was boring. It was, was run of the mill, you know. And then, and then now, you know, I, I remember when the Quebec education program came out, which was about competencies. And you know, I know this is going to sound boring to people who are listening outside of Quebec, but it was really when that program came out. It was shockingly wondrous. It uh, it had competencies to target for uh, for teachers, and however they wanted to get there was how they got there. So they started developing their own curriculum, you you know, getting their own resources, their own themes, all to get to yep. the end competency. And it was an absolute gift, and it was completely squandered. Well, the QEP was going on, and I was doing supervision. And uh, tell my, folks what the what the QEP is. The Quebec Education Program. It's the official Thank curriculum you. of of Quebec. And uh, I was doing supervision in Montreal. There were absolutely fantastic teachers who were, um, you know, having to teach things like the Daily Five or Success mm. for All. Mm -hmm. And it, it was awful for them because they didn't. A lot of them didn't want to do it. But they felt they yeah. had to because their principal or some administrator had bought the program and, and now they had to use it because they spent, you know, X amount of dollars on it. So you have to use it. And I, I remember yeah. doing the Daily Five as a, when I was in elementary mm -hmm. school. And again, please, for our listeners, what is the Daily Five? I don't even remember on it. It was like reading alone. Wait, reading you remember, you don't remember. I, I remember doing it. I don't remember what the actual content was. So I guess that shows how effective it was for me as a child. Wow. The Daily Five were five stations that you would go to in yes, ELA, true. right? And so you'd go to the five yeah. stations. And so it starts off as not a bad idea, right? You differentiate your learning. You have the students moving around. And it sounds like a really good idea at the beginning. Somebody looks at that and goes, well, this is a masterful idea. Therefore, it can be reproduced in every classroom. But then it becomes like like a military routine. I'm sure the yeah. first I'm sure the first time you do a military routine, it's really really exciting. It's kind of like David the first time he went to church, um, and he's Catholic, <laughs> as we all know that he constantly mentions he's Catholic. And the priest gets up in front of everybody, and the priest goes, "Priest says stand up," and everyone stands up, and they go, "Priest says kneel down," and everyone kneel kneels down. down, and then the priest says. Uh, priest says, uh, grab your Bible, read your Bible. And <laughs> sometimes, then he goes, ah, sometimes he's tricky. Ah, yeah. Ah, I didn't tell you to read, I didn't say priest says, read the Bible. And then like, you know, <laughs> if you don't fall for that, that's how you pass your first communion. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Right. So the, and, the, so and the confirmation. Time, yeah. So the first time you do that, it's really, really super exciting. But then after a while, what happens? The, the priest is like, I'm bored with this, you know? Yeah. You're, uh, I feel like a shepherd with a flock of sheep. Bring on the fire and brimstone. You know, and, uh, and you know, you guys got to figure it out, right? So I, I just yell out, and Dave, correct me, because I'm not Catholic. But at a certain point, yeah. you know, the priest just yells out uh, number three, and then you guys all know what to do, right? Well, yeah, but he <laughs> says it in Latin. Yes, that's right. Numero what is, trio. What is, what is that? What is that yeah. in Latin then, Dave? Three. Numero trio. 
Really? Okay. And then and then you guys absolutely. So he, he becomes basically like a board football coach in high school, right? He's just got oh his set. He's got his, he's got his set place, and and that's kind of like yeah. I think that that example really hits home. Sums it up. <laughs> it sums it yeah. up. Right? Sums and and we have this wonderful gift, and I have spoken with the people uh, who are responsible for the, the good English, people. Yeah, for yeah, for the English section of the QEP, and I, I know who those people are. There's a lot of people that take credit <laughs> for for being the architects of the QEP, and I know the actual like people who who did it, and they're brilliant people who really had exceptional ideas for how a class should, you know, should interact in terms of like interacting between student and teacher and the space and the news and everything else. And it's all integrated and it, there's a lot of freedom. And when I asked those architects of the English section of the QEP, what went wrong, they didn't blame teachers in the field. You know who they blamed? Students. Yeah. The stupid students. That's exactly really? it. Uh, yeah, they said Whoa. stupid students. No, of course guess. they, of course they didn't say the students. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they said it was professors who were at fault huh. because they were not teaching uh, the content properly. They weren't teaching the philosophy properly. They were basically most of the time, and and you can tell me, David, if this was your experience. Most of the time, mm -hmm. they were raging about uh about the no child left behind act and yes, canned, but that's yeah, american yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and canned curriculum and most of the time they were complaining about canned curriculum meanwhile you had this document that gave you freedom and they weren't yeah. focusing yeah. on the document that gave you freedom and said they were complaining about something else that didn't actually you know uh, yeah there was there wasn't a lot of valorizing the like the the what we had in place there was a lot of um where it's wrong here because it's wrong here because this is wrong because mm -hmm. and it's good to be able to identify those things but there were, we had something that was not celebrated and many people saw it as a stifling document because they didn't understand it and it wasn't taught to them in a way that was freeing and, and it's and it's frankly it's a lot of work Yes, it is. It is. It's, it is a lot of work, uh, but it's uh, it's uh, I would imagine uh, it's rewarding work. Well, I shouldn't say it's imagined because I, I did it. It's rewarding. <laughs> it's rewarding <laughs> to do, but it's not canned in a way uh, that just allows mm -hmm. you to kind of show up and, and do it. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that came with essential knowledge is things to, to know. And then there were a lot of complaints that that wasn't enough. And so they released something called the progressions of learning, which is yeah. three times as many uh, pieces of information of like what needs to be know known. So it, it reverted closer to that canned knowledge um, model yeah. as a result of that. It's, it's a lot of it is about this constant battle between people who are creative and like to interact and create curriculum and people who believe that assessment, you know, testing is really mm -hmm. the only way to uh, really determine whether or not somebody uh, knows something, right? There's, there's, it's, what do you know now, uh, as opposed yeah. to what's the foundation that you're getting that's going to serve you in the future. And it just, it goes against everything that schools or departments of education claim they're about, mm -hmm. you know, they, they claim they're about like, you know, life, lifelong learning. And it just seems like those ideas of you being a person that is continuously developing is more often than not a graph, you know, <laughs> as opposed to uh, really something that is holistic. You know, yeah. it, it's it's always put in this way that ends up sucking the very life out of you out of the students or out of teachers i think both i think absolutely yeah. both. it's 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 I'm hard for both. yeah it's it's hard for students to uh you know let's say they're going out to do their uh the, this again this is um, might be incredibly boring for people who aren't teachers but um uh, hopefully it makes people who aren't teachers feel a little bit better that uh when pre-service teachers or teachers in universities are are getting ready to go into their job well you know they have their field placements uh they go out into the schools and 
they're being supervised and you know helped along by the teacher that's the master in the classroom who's slowly showing them and how to do things and then the training wheels come off and all that kind of stuff and i think in many times when they go out into the field it's a scary place to go to and they want the security of making sure that they don't make mistakes mm. right and yeah. so they tend to gravitate towards something that is a safer thing to do um mm -hmm. i i don't blame pre-service teachers or like young teachers in the field um, for going to something that is more pre-packaged because schools of education are so, uh, they're, they're so averse to any kind of risk. They just, they don't want risk, um, yet they claim they want risk. And if you're going to develop your own curriculum, it's going to be messy. Yeah. Well, Indigenous education, that's what I'm doing with my pre-service teachers, telling them to take risks and go against the curriculum a little bit and incorporate, you know, what they're learning. So, and I encourage rebellion, resist, rebel, resist. Yeah. And you have to, that's be. my motto. But you have to be at this point, you have to be insubordinate. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you have to be insubordinate because yep. The the longer that teachers and you know the professors uh, had a difficult time mastering what it means to develop your own curriculum and develop responsive curriculum, um, the longer it took for them to be able to master that or or at least try and master it, the yeah. more opportunity you give for companies to say you know let us develop a textbook for you. Mm -hmm. Let us develop we'll lessons fill in those for you. Blanks. Yeah, they're going to fill in. Absolutely, yeah. they're going to fill in the blanks. And of course, yeah. the politicians, um, you know, who are in the positions uh, in in departments of departments of education, um, mm -hmm. not departments, ministries of education, Mysterious ministry. Yeah, yeah, ministry. are are going to be more than happy to want to show metrics that make it seem like they are successful, or at least they're on top right. of things. Yeah. yeah, right. So those yeah. those voids are going to get filled if teachers and university yeah. professors aren't doing it and it's going to get filled with stuff that's going to be cookie cutter stuff absolutely, mm -hmm, absolutely. so then you got a curriculum like we have right now uh i'm going to assume it's not just in quebec i'm pretty sure from things that i read that it's all through united states and all through canada you're going to get some awful textbook that's going to teach something that is incredibly wrong or racist or stereotypical uh, mm -hmm. about about an indigenous group or some part of history. Um, yep. And what do you do in that case? It's a, it's a, now it's a directive. Now it's a directive from your superiors that you're supposed to do this. What do you do? Well, you have you have to be insubordinate as this is the uh, the whole thing. We still have uh, social science workbooks that are like widely used in my school board that they're they're in French elementary and they refer to uh the uh, indigenous people as les amerindiens it's it's still, still. it's yeah. still to this day they might have just put out a second edition that doesn't do so but the first edition was designed maybe 5 years ago this is not a an, it's not current it's not it's not a new having trouble with my words it is an issue that won't be resolved by publishing companies. It absolutely no, needs to be handled by teachers reading, thinking this is not right. Exactly. And taking steps. Because language evolves and we don't, and that's the thing about textbooks. They need to be changed more often and not, don't put so much emphasis on quantity versus quality. You know, they don't have to be huge textbooks, but they have to be, correct when when you're referring to certain groups of people that want to be called autochtone you know as opposed to emerenzien or indigenous as opposed to let's say aboriginal because aboriginal is mostly in australia that's it's used except maybe in documents here in canada but most indigenous communities want to be called indigenous or just ask them if you don't know i i i have never met a textbook that i like no, me either. No, not at any level. And, and I remember mm -hmm. when I first started teaching at McGill University, 
it was obviously a natural inclination to do what others had done before you. And if you found a course outline that had a textbook that was up to date, it was really, really tempting and to, to, to get that textbook. And you did. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you remember having a textbook when you were in university. So you, you get the textbook and along with the textbook, uh, you know, comes the, (laughs) comes the, the uh, publishing representative (laughs) who then tells you that they've got like all the tests for you that you can use. And they have like PowerPoint slides for you to use. And, and there's just, there's no point of you anymore. No, there's literally, why are you even there? Yeah. You don't need to be there. Yeah. And yet it still gets used. Think about, think about your own experience. Can you ever remember saying that you loved a textbook? Never, 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 never. I, I can't, I can't think of a single time in my life as a student where I ever thought, oh, where, where is that? Where's that great textbook? That, that amazing textbook that we had. It was <laughs> so fantastic I, I i don't ever remember saying that and I, I doubt anyone has ever said that you know this is a fantastic mm-hmm. textbook i'm gonna keep this yeah. <laughs> it's the one thing i'm gonna steal from school it's this textbook yeah <laughs> this is following me yeah this is going, <laughs> this is going everywhere i go yeah so so we repeat it over and over again so to be insubordinate means what don't use the textbook and design your own curriculum and then you'll yes. get it and then and then you'll get in trouble yeah then you'll get fired yeah you will yeah yeah you will you'll get in yeah. trouble like somebody will say to you mm-hmm. um that you're not following you're instructions not meeting these... exactly yeah. yeah you're not meeting the criteria you're not doing what you're supposed to do they'll yeah. they will find a way to say yeah. uh that you are not meeting uh responsibility to your students because you're not preparing yeah. them for the test at the end of the yeah. year yeah, exactly. Or they're going to say in cases of emergency, uh, if something happens to you, God forbid that the substitute teacher that comes in yeah. has, you know, no idea. has no idea where you are and, exactly. you know, and will never be able to figure out what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Because the, the students don't have voices to speak for themselves, of course. In a world where some teachers just don't play by the rules. Hello. Yes, this is Principal Hudson. What? That can't be. That reckless fool. <laughs> yeah, that was loud. That damn maverick. Miss Jones broke her leg during a community theater silent rock opera adaptation of the North Korean version of the Squid Games. But Principal Hudson, who's going to teach her grade four class? Not just who, Secretary Smith, who's title I have to say out loud to establish who you are and what you do, but what? But what? What is the thing to teach? Don't worry. Standardized curriculum can help. Who are you? I'm Mr. Ferguson, Pearson Certified Substitute Teacher. Oh, thank God! In a world where some teachers are reckless, a few play by the rules. Don't worry, kids. An international corporation is here for you. (laughs) Everyone, turn to page 69. You will be tested. You will be tested. You will be tested. I'm so thankful for the Squid Games. (laughs) Oh, I was there. I saw it. You're in debt. Would you like to play? I want to say that, like, if you want to uh, break from the the conventions and and work things out yourself, you just have to be that much better, and then they won't get you. But it does, it's not even true. They not might true. it might delay things. Mm. It might last a little longer if they can say, well, at least the numbers are good. But yeah. it's it's there's nothing there's nothing that's uh, it's a delay at best. Yeah, uh, you look at look at the kinds of archetypes that we have in tv or in hollywood movies where you've got the substitute teacher that comes in um no (laughs) one has ever made a movie about the substitute teacher that came in and said what was the last page you were on (laughs) 68 you know what everyone i'm gonna break some uh i'm gonna break some hearts here 
<laughs> we're going to page 69. Everyone goes like, whoa, 69. <laughs> Only because it's a funny number, right? And then the movie is called uh, My Teacher in 69 or something like that. You know? um, it, I mean, it never happens. That's right. It. Yeah. <laughs> it, never, it never happens. It never happens where somebody is inspired by somebody that comes in and continues following the textbook. What are the, what are the scenes we see instead? Textbook being torn apart. Textbook being torn Classic apart. Robin right? Williams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. So uh, school of rock. <laughs> Robin Williams wasn't in school of rock. Cyrus. Another example. That wasn't Robin Williams. It was, it was dead poet no. society. He was society, referring to, yeah. but you know, another good movie that shows that school, is school of, rock. of rock school of rock is a really <laughs> good example of yeah. somebody. I'm glad that you thought in. of that. Yeah. Somebody who comes in and, and, and just says, we're throwing all of this out because it's not important. That's right. And it's not that it's not important. It's just that there are better ways to do it rather than what, uh, you know, a textbook exactly. tells you to do. Right. So any other opinions? Any other thoughts? I'm all out of, of opinions. Tonight. Any, any other thoughts? Kindergarten cop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Cyrus, I'm glad you mentioned kindergarten cop. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger came in and he was like, quiet. And then he, you know, had a whistle. Uh, he brought in <laughs> a ferret. Uh, he yeah. taught them how to stand in line. It's not a tumor. Uh, it might be he, a tumor. Also, it's not a tumor. Also explained to everyone that it's not a tumor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was that was radical kind yeah. of uh, kind of teaching that went on right there. I'm going to be honest with you. I stopped listening like 15 minutes ago so let's pretend this is a segue so at this point of the podcast we have something called dave's on the spot wrap up and that's when dave is going to wrap up everything that went on in this podcast what we talked about what's the lesson to be learned and he's just going to make us feel complete at the end of this we're all going to think dave you complete me us david this is for me to take it away oh dave take it away all right so um you know we just want to thank you for listening we had uh we had some laughs we uh we shared in some some truths some stories some hard truths mm -hmm. some soft troops some silent truths truths troops you said you said troops troops you know some soft troops some hard troops we're we're all for the troops all the troops there are no yeah, soft you know, troops yeah, they're all oh, hard fair. troops, Dave. Yeah, they're hard, hard troops. Right, hard right. troops. Well, yeah. you know, I'm just going to roll with it. It's the mm -hmm. hard troops. And if they're out there, you know, it's okay. The soft troops, you you can be soft. It's not a problem. They're welcome to. They're welcome to. Okay. Yeah, yep. they, they're, they're a part of all of this. And uh, so we just want to They can be silent. thank they, you for They sharing. can be silent ease. Yeah, the yeah. silent ease, the silent troops, yeah. the silent yeah. truths, yeah. all the details. <laughs> All so, of the above. David, what did what did we learn about direct instruction? We learned what it was, if you are not part of the, the whole teaching education world. Uh, we learned how we felt about it. And I'd say, hopefully, you learned that it's not the best. It sucks. Fingers crossed. Do you know, though, Dave, there are some people that actually like it? Oh, I don't doubt it. Oh, some, clearly uh, there are. There are always people that those people that school was made for. They're they're flying through, they're succeeding, and then they're reproducing when they become teachers. They're the, they're out there as well. Okay, wrap wrap but, it up. Wrap it up, Dave. Wrap it up. Oh, oh, wrap it up. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so we were we're very happy to include you in this conversation. Um, we love you. <laughs> And very <laughs> special. Thank you so much. You're not the, you're wrapping up the subject, yeah. not the podcast. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Well. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, wrap up the podcast. Uh, you're Thank very, you. you're very special people and we love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. Oh my God. I'm on the wrong podcast. All right. Thank you very much for listening from me, Christopher Darius. From Christine, goodbye. From David, take care. Goodbye from the conductor. Choo-choo. Hey, the insubordinate teacher would like to thank all the people at freesound.org for putting up such amazing sounds that we're all allowed to use. 
It's made our job trying to be creative a lot easier, and I'm sure for all the teachers out there, you're going to be able to use this too and come up with some creative ideas in your classroom. So check it out, freesound.org. Go to the merch section, buy a shirt. I did. Donate some money. I did. Be thankful there are people out there who are creative and are trying to inspire other people to be creative too. So, bye! Hey everyone, so I'm supposed to warn you that like this podcast is about the Broadfield education, but it's a comedy thing as well. So it's got like satire stuff in it, and sometimes bad words are used like fuck, asshole, or shit, but stuff like that. No words worse than fuck. Yeah, no, I, I think no words worse than fuck are used. Anyways, people on this podcast don't really represent any institution, like, whatsoever, so don't be all, ah, over what's being said, just be chill, calm down, and relax, bro, it's gonna be fun, okay?